I've released three singles since July. So the first one I released was a big statement for me, a big step. And I wrote that about, you know, struggles with body image, anxiety, self-acceptance. And it was the most vulnerable thing I've ever done to release that song yeah. because it's talking about things that no one knew I struggled with and that I had never talked to anyone about. And so that was a huge step for me. Behind every successful musician, there is a story, a why, a series of highs and lows that eventually lead them to finding their passion. But how do some stick with it when so many others choose to quit? This podcast will dive into the inspiring untold stories from our favorite artists and unpack the important life lessons only music can teach us. So to the lovers, listeners, and makers of music, I'm your host, Sarah Davies, and this is More Than Musicians. We're wide away, these broken hearts they beat it all along. We're miles away, then those eyes were never far from home. Send it on fire, reach out and we keep on fighting, and we keep on fighting. In a day and age with filters and perfectly staged photos on Instagram, it can be easy to feel like we don't measure up. Our next guest, Amy Geis, is no stranger to the pain that can come when we try to live up to the world's unrealistic expectations, but she's never let it hold her back. Amy has been singing since she could speak and has always loved to perform. She started writing songs when she was 13 years old and has never stopped. In college, Amy performed with BYU's esteemed acapella group, Noteworthy, but most recently, she's focusing on building a name for herself as a solo artist. Amy currently lives in Provo, Utah with her husband, Patrick, Golden Retriever, Bailey, and little kitty, Charlie. Amy's music tells a powerful story of overcoming negative thoughts regarding body image as she inspires us all to love ourselves a little more for exactly who we are. Amy, thank you so much for being here. We're so of excited course. to have you. Yes. This will be so good. And in addition to you, we've got some construction that's mm -hmm. trying to join us in the background. <laughs> yeah. So just ignore that. But thank you for being here. You came all the way up from Provo, right? Yes. Yep. Just came. from Provo downtown. Yes. Well, mm -hmm. thank you so much. We are excited to talk to you today. We like, I love your music. I've Thank always you. thought that you have just such an amazing voice and I love your writing too. And so I want to talk about it. Yes. But before we get to like what you're doing now, I would love to go back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, we know each other. We went to the same high school for a bit. I never went to your high school. You never went to no. the high school. But you had friends. Yes. From Alta, right? Yep. So I moved right before high school okay, to California. Yes. So yeah, I grew up in Draper. Um... And then we moved when I was younger to actually the Dominican Republic oh, for cool. three years and then back to Draper. I went to Crescent View Middle School. Okay, maybe that's where I yeah. feel like we knew each other. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know a ton of – we have a lot of mutual people because, yeah. yeah, I moved right before freshman year. And what was that move? It was to San Diego okay. just for my dad's work. Oh, for your dad's work. Okay, yeah. so that's what brought you out yep. there. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I went to high school in San Diego. Okay. Um. But all my friends stayed here. So those mutual friends is probably mm -hmm. where I made that connection. Because oh, yeah. I am a bit older than you. So I would have been yes. grades older. But um, that's so cool. So like yeah. I want to get down to like where did music start for you? 
Yeah, so it's super cliche. A lot of people say this, like, you know, I started singing as soon as I could talk, but yeah. that is truly the case. Um, if you watch my baby videos, like, I'm singing in my crib, you know, Cute. asking my mom to sing with me. And then we did, like, little groups when I was mm -hmm. young. I remember my first solo was at some mall singing Rudolph. Perfect. For some group. And then I did Draper Theater just for while I was here, a little younger. But yeah, that's where it started. Just really when I was super young, I would you sing. You had a love for it. Yeah, like I would sing Shania Twain on the fireplace mantle for my family. Yes, like in you dresses. were a natural performer. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So when you did move, did your music mm -hmm. continue? Yes. It's actually interesting because it was a hard move. Yeah. I left a lot of good friends behind. Utah to California is big difference. Yeah. And so... I actually didn't sing for a little bit or perform. And I actually realized I was super unhappy because no one knew I could sing. Um, and so I felt like they didn't really know me. And so I remember I finally did a talent show in high school and then it was like, okay, now they know. Like, And then I continued from there. So it sounds like, like your identity kind mm -hmm. of like could only really fully come out when your singing voice could too. What was, like, are your, are your siblings musical or what? what's your parents' approach to music in your home? Yeah, my sister sang with me, like, in all the groups when yeah. I was little. Um, we did theater together. Neither of my parents sing, really, or do musicals, but, or musical things, but they just knew I loved it. And my brother was an actor. So really, it's just me pursuing music. Yeah. But it sounds like you come from a family of performers yeah. and things like that. Did you take formal lessons? Yes. I took group lessons when I was tiny. And mm -hmm. then I took private lessons for a few years in middle school. Then I kind of stopped until college. Do you keep in touch with any of your teachers? Like, yes. tell me about that. Yeah. So I had a teacher. His name is Eric. He still teaches. But he taught me speech level singing, which is singing kind of like you're talking, like yeah. using your very natural voice. Yeah. And he like changed everything. So he's always supporting me. And then, yeah, it was a really good kind of base. Who would you say, like, as you were growing up, was your biggest inspiration? Like you mentioned Shania Twain, but was there someone you're like, I just need to be like. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt, Taylor Swift. Taylor, yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because um, I was like a preteen when she started to you know, release music, like yeah. Teardrops on My Guitar, I was like 13. Like all through high school, she was releasing music. Yeah. And when I was going through, you know, little teenage breakups, she was releasing music That's about it. That's how you get through it, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, every album was like, oh my gosh, this is my life. You yeah. know, That's what oh, we yes. all thought. Okay, I relate with that Yeah. Too. Yes. So definitely Taylor Swift. Is she, was she your inspiration to start writing your own music? I think so. Yeah. I can never remember thinking I'm going to start writing music. It just happened. But definitely just the way she was so honest in her writing and just wrote about everything that we thought we were going through as well. And definitely. it feels pretty big at the time. You know, oh, yeah. all those breakups, they oh, do feel yeah. big. <laughs> so what age were you when you did find yourself starting to like create your own music? Probably 13. About then. Was when I started writing. I started learning the guitar. And yeah, just from there. So tell me about your process, kind of. Like, would you start with lyrics? Would mm -hmm. you start with the melodies? Tell me how yeah. that would work. It's actually really interesting because it has always come to me together. Oh, really? So music and lyrics, they always come at the same wow. time. Wow. And 
I wish I could like share the secret, but it really just has always just popped into my head. Um, you know, late at night usually or yeah. just randomly. Yeah, they just come at the same time. So with your process, you get your music, you get your lyrics. Mm -hmm. Then, like, where did you go from there at 13? Were you performing? Were you recording? How did no. you kind of progress your career that way? So when I was young, I would just write kind of for myself, you know, and not really share it with anyone. And I remember, like, I remember when I was babysitting, like, a song popped into my head and I remember writing one song on like a paper towel. Like while no you're babysitting yeah. for someone. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, never shared it with anyone. I'm sure there's a lot of songs I wrote that I don't even know where they are. What was your first song? Oh. That you that you, that you can remember okay, writing. Yeah. yeah, my first song that I remember writing, it's called I Remember. Oh. I've never released it. It was about my first little love as a 13 year old yes. um but I actually did perform that one once did you for like a group of people and it was terrifying but yeah that's one I remember and I always kind of go back to it like should I release that that's the first one I wrote well I yeah. think it's so fun when you can remember like that first one mm -hmm. because I don't know that first one that especially that you perform I feel like it's kind of like ingrained as yeah. just it's powerful it's like a big step yeah. in a musicians like that's path. so true Okay, so you write a lot of music through your teenage years up into high school, I'm guessing. Yes. And then at what point did you like start to feel like, okay, this is my thing? I would probably say in college when I was like 20, um, I started writing a lot and I started to think, okay, I should actually record and like yeah. do this. That's when I thought, okay, this is really my thing. I've always been, in my mind, a singer. That's always been my thing. But more seriously, it was in college when I decided, when I actually wrote songs that really meant something and I wanted to share with everyone. Because I know in your college years, you mm -hmm. also were in the acapella group Noteworthy. Yes. So tell us, how did that come to be? Noteworthy, it's a nine girl group. Mm -hmm. So there's nine members. It's super competitive to get into. I saw one of their music videos and I had thought like, that would be amazing if I could be in that group. So I tried out, didn't get in. Okay. And like, I was so sad. What is what is the audition process oh, like? Oh gosh. So you sing a solo and then if they call you back, you do like blending, you do dancing, you do more solos, you wow. learn like one of their songs and perform it. So, you know, they have like three spots open out of however many people audition. Maybe a hundred, I don't know. And spots are opening because members are leaving, Graduating. I'm guessing. Okay, yep. got it. Yep, so spots open when people graduate. So yeah, I didn't get in. But then about six months later, somebody had to leave the okay. group in the middle of the year. And so she reached out to me and she said, hey, you should audition. And I said, is this for your spot? Because I know you're a high soprano and yeah. I'm an alto. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to get it. But I decided to do it and I got in that wow. time. So when there was the one spot open, I ended up getting it and I became a high soprano. Did you really? Okay. Yeah. And now I love, you know, singing soprano. But yeah, then I was in it for the next two and a half years. Okay. And it was incredible. That's where I learned how to be more comfortable on stage. Dancing even. Like, yeah. That's a different element. Yeah, in and of for itself. sure. <laughs> yeah. And um, that's where I actually, I think, found my voice and pushed it to things that I never thought I could actually do. I learned to do. 
I kind of want to go back. Like when you didn't make it that first Mm -hmm. time, how was that for you? It was so sad. I feel like I have gotten a lot of rejection as a singer, as most people do, because, you know, there's so much competition. And so when I didn't make it, I was just like devastated. Okay, I'm really not that good. Yeah, it kind of knocks your confidence, I think, you know. Definitely. With a lot of rejection, like what Mm -hmm. would you say is your lowest point that you've been at? in trying to pursue music as a career. Yeah, I think probably more recently has been the lowest point. Like in the past year, let's say, especially with COVID, a lot less opportunity has been there. And so once you start pursuing it, like I have tried to more recently, is when it gets more disappointing. Yeah, because you're putting yourself out there. Exactly. You set higher bars for yourself. You know, if you don't get on the radio or whatever, you feel like it's worth nothing. I would say honestly recently has been lower just because it's like, okay, why am I even doing this? You know, you feel that way. How have you found that you push through? I think just thinking about doing it for myself or the few people that it will really help. You know, certain songs people have said, you know, this really helped me. That has helped me think well, if it helps some people, and yeah. that's really all that matters, even if it's not millions of people. Totally. There's a reason I'm doing it. I relate with that a lot, just in the sense that, like, to push yourself beyond your comfort zone in any way is really difficult. And, like, for me, this podcast, honestly, <laughs> is that thing. Yeah. Where when you strip it back and you say, well, my mom likes my music and my yeah. dad liked my music, so I can do my music or my podcast for them. Yeah. And if it benefits anyone else, great. But sometimes Mm -hmm. taking that pressure off, I feel like that helps. And it sounds like it did for you too. For sure. So you're continuing to pursue music. I want to talk about, I feel like we moved over the noteworthy thing too fast because really (laughs) that experience is huge to make it into that group. And I mean, like I think anyone that spends any amount of time on YouTube has Mm -hmm. seen a noteworthy video. Like they're amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And so I want to talk about like, Obviously, a lot of opportunity comes Mm -hmm. with that. What was your favorite performance you did with Noteworthy? There were a lot, but one that comes to mind is it was at the Roots Tech Conference in Salt Lake. It was us and Vocal Point, which is the male top acapella group at BYU. And there were like over 10,000 people in the audience. And that was one of my first performances with Noteworthy. And so it was just like, I can't believe I'm doing this. So memorable. Um, and we got to sing a few songs on that stage in front of all these people. Yeah. And and I had also looked up to Vocal Point for a long time. Yeah. So for being like performing with them, that was incredible. Kind of a surreal moment. Yeah. Do you remember what you played? We sang like Feeling Good, you know, Michael Bublé's song. Yeah. And I don't remember the other two. But, but an- you were feeling good. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's a joke we always used in Noteworthy. Another performance was actually a Boise youth camp. So we went to Idaho a week in the summer and we were there for a full week with the youth there. And so we got to perform a bunch of concerts for them. And at the end of the concert, our last concert, it was like nothing I'd ever seen. There were like hundreds of kids just going crazy and they just like would not stop cheering. And everyone on stage, again, it was me and Vocal Point and um, Noteworthy. And it was just surreal. We were just like shocked because of 
they're screaming. The response. Yeah. yeah. And it was like you were the most famous pop star, you know, yeah, that's with so how fun. they were enjoying it. So I will always remember that. Yeah. So. That's so cool. I I mean, Noteworthy has that impact on me. And like, I can only imagine like my daughter watching yeah. it, especially live. I think yeah. it's just so cool. And you guys on Noteworthy, there's a beatboxer too, yes. right? So it's no, it's all acapella Correct. with your own yeah. Beat. Yep. So all just voices. So cool. Yeah. It's making me want to go watch all the <laughs> yes. videos again. So transitioning to more what you're doing right now, yeah. you're writing a mm-hmm. lot and you're writing about things that matter to you. What mm-hmm. have you written most recently? So what I have written most recently, um, I released, I've released three singles since July. So the first one I released was a big statement for me, a big step. Um, it was, it's called pain. And I wrote that about, you know, struggles with body image, anxiety, self-acceptance, and just everything in that realm. And it was the most vulnerable thing I've ever done to release that song because it's talking about things that no one knew I struggled with and that I had never talked to anyone about. And so that was a huge step for me. Um, I was able to do a music video with like a dance crew. You know, it was just like, just trying to go for it. Yeah. One thing that I have tried to live by is if I think of something to write that I'm too afraid to write, mm-hmm. I have to write it. That's probably the thing you need to write yeah. the most. And if there's something I think... I need to do, but it's really scary. I need to do it. So just, I try to go off the things that, you know, just like pop into my head and scare me. Yeah. And that was pain. So like, what are some of the lyrics? Like, what are some Mm -hmm. of the topics like that you're really hitting in that? In that one, um, it talks about, I'm trying to go through it because they all obviously mean something, but it's basically talking about how my brain always sees the worst in things. That's one line. And then... I repeat a few times, you know, we all want to be skinny, we all want to be pretty, and we basically just are always told what to be. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about in the song is just wanting to be perfect and feeling awful when I'm not. And the reason I wrote this song, honestly, or I wanted to put it out is so other people could relate. Um, And one thing that's interesting, I wrote my first version of the song kind of ended in a really positive note. I feel all this sad things, but it's all going to be fine. And I actually didn't end up using that. Really? Because in the moment I was like, that's really not genuine. I feel really bad about this. And so there's no resolution in that song. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. And it's just saying like, the ending line is it still hurts so bad. And that's it. I think that's really, I mean, in music, we can make a statement in mm-hmm. so many ways, but to not resolve, yeah. you know, the song into just tie it up with a bow. Yeah. I think sometimes like it's okay to not be okay sometimes yes. and to just sit with that yeah, and to like allow ourselves to feel those feelings. But how do you think, I mean, obviously it's a journey, you know, mm-hmm. like it's something that I think especially women can relate with, you know, trying to live up to an ideal or mm-hmm. a perfect, um, standard that we have for ourselves but how do you think that you have been able to find more self-love through writing that song probably through writing that song I received a lot of 
support mainly in that people said and people have said so often like I really needed that song today which is so interesting because it doesn't resolve and it's not like keep going you can do it but it still helps people just because if somebody validates what you're feeling you feel better and it was really freeing to put that song out because it was almost like this is actually me yeah you know like this is actually what I deal with I'm still not healed from that. Like, it's a constant, constant struggle, unfortunately. Yeah. But sometimes I listen to that song to help me feel better. I think it's so nice to just know sometimes that you're not alone. Yeah. You know, like, to know that you have those same feelings that someone Mm -hmm. else does and just to know that you're not alone. So I'm sure that that's that's what pain, you know, your song Mm -hmm. has done for many people. Tell us about some of the other stuff, like your other singles. Yeah. So the next song I wrote was kind of in the same vein. It's called Be Me Mm -hmm. because something I struggle with other than, you know, body image is honestly self-love, like you said, you know. And so this song is just about how it's, I feel like, two different people sometimes. Like when I'm with my husband or family, I'm like goofy and, you know, crazy and funny. And then when I'm not, I feel like almost like a shell. I think it's gotten a lot better from this song, to be honest. But yeah, this song just talks about, I just want to be me. And so it's more of a positive song. Just saying, yeah, like I just want to be me and and not care what anyone thinks. So it's, you know, just kind of saying what I want. No, I really like that. And and like I said, like I think that the more we write about things that are hard Mm -hmm. and genuine to our true selves, like the more people gravitate to our music because they've been there. They get it. They know what that feels like. So I think that that's so cool. And then your third single. Yeah, so my third single is completely different. It's called He's Cute But I Love Ya. It is literally just this fun, silly love song just talking about how, yeah, there's a lot of cute boys, like I'll have a celebrity crush, cute guys on the street, but like I love you. It's obviously about my husband. So that was just a really fun one that I wrote. I don't even know how it came to me. I don't remember much about writing it, honestly. It was just like, this could be funny. So I did it. That's so great. Yeah. Who would you say is your target? Like when you're writing your songs Mm -hmm. and when you're like doing the actual hard work, who are you thinking about? Who's your audience that you're hoping to connect with? Yeah. I think people like me. I think people just who can relate. So I think, you know, probably more like young adult or like my age, you know, I'm 26. I don't, that's a really good question. I just kind of write for anybody who might relate. And so, yeah, I don't have a specific target audience. I know it's more women for sure, yeah. especially with, you know, Pain and Be Me and all the love songs. I would just say like women, young women. I wish my little teenage Sarah <laughs> self could have listened to some of your songs. Like, I think it honestly would have helped me through. Yeah. A lot of the things that I went through, I don't know if you feel this way, but with age, I Mm -hmm. find myself becoming more and more secure. Oh, yeah. Which is so ironic (laughs) because I've now had three babies and I now don't, I mean, I know I for sure don't look the same as I did Mm -hmm. as a teenager, yet I feel so much more confident in myself, which is so interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think like it takes one person faking it till they make it in the realm of like confidence. Yeah. To kind of, when one confident person is just outwardly okay with themselves, Mm -hmm. it almost puts everyone else at ease in their presence to just be themselves. I totally agree. 
I mean, body image is a hard issue and it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if you've had a baby, if you haven't had a baby, you know, it's just kind of a lifelong battle, which I think a lot of women can relate to. And like personally, I've kind of been on this body image journey where I've like, I mean, I had twins three Mm -hmm. years ago. And so my whole time I've like been trying to just get my old body back. I kind of had this moment this past week where I was just like, I don't need to get that body back. Mm -hmm. That body is, you know, it's different now. It's, we've had these different successes and things. Um, And I read this quote and I wonder what you'll think of it. And I wanted to get your opinion, but it says, I need you to know that when you lament the size of your body, I hear you detest mine. I know you think your self-deprecation hurts no one but you, but it hurts me too. Yeah, I think that's so true because everybody, you know, there's always going to be someone skinnier than you or bigger than you. No matter what you say, like that can really affect people, you know, just of what they hear. Like things can be very triggering. Yeah. And that's something that I've realized. Um, You know, sometimes I think like, oh, I should post that I'm eating this because and say like I used to not be able to eat this and now I'm eating it sometimes when I see things like that I think oh should I not be eating that honestly like little things like that can be triggering just to so many people and so honestly it's just such a struggle I struggle every single day you know um like you said I haven't have kid had kids yet um but I lament my old body you know when I was a teenager. Totally, yeah. And quotes that I find on social media really help me. Like I did read a book by Jen Hatmaker, Fierce, Free, and Full of Fire, I think. And she talks about body image quite a bit in her book. And one thing that she suggests doing is talking to your body as if it was a she instead of it. And so yeah, that could, you know, feel kind of weird. But some of the things she said was like, she gets me up every day. She has had twins or three mm-hmm. kids. She runs every day or she, you know, just so many things that your body does. It gives you such a different perspective. And, you know, honestly, though, I need to be genuine. Even saying that, like, again, it still is so hard for me. Yeah. You know, and I try those things and sometimes they don't work. Sometimes it's like, well, I still feel really bad about myself today. But just like following people who are, authentic you know I think there's a lot of things on social media reality versus you know Instagram I see so many people doing that you know posting a perfect posed picture and then with everything hanging out little things like that help you know just getting content that helps you feel better but yeah it is so hard you said perspective and I Mm -hmm. think that I personally have to take that minute by minute. Yeah. Like I can have awesome perspective yeah. and then literally 10 minutes later be in that negative that headspace so again. And what I found is that the more I can think of the big picture of my mm-hmm. purpose, the less my my actual body That's image so matters. Yeah. And so I often try to remind myself I am a mother. I am mm-hmm. a wife. I am, you know, all these things. And I can be all those things without looking a certain mm-hmm. way. It is hard though, minute by minute, you know, uh, that journey to just truly accepting yourself. But I mean, when I can in those glimpses in between my struggles, yeah. fully accept myself, the self-love I feel in those moments keeps me coming back because I think you used the word earlier, but it's freeing. Mm-hmm. 
is so freeing to let go of the expectations, which aren't even real, Yeah, that we put on ourselves to look or to be a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so I really like that. And I think that the message of pain is very powerful because so many people can relate to just that feeling of never being able to Mm -hmm. achieve that ideal. And so what, like, what do you do now to help yourself get out of those like negative and intrusive thoughts that make you feel less than? Yeah, that is a great question. And honestly, it is a struggle every day. Like even at my job, you know, I'm, I'm always worried, okay, how am I coming off to people? Like, do I need to be more energetic or more talkative? Because I'm definitely more of an introvert. Mm -hmm. And so I actually started reading this book called Quiet. I had heard about it. And um, it's really cool because it just talks about how you can still be so strong, but you don't need to be necessarily loud or, you know, like that. Because I definitely shrink when I am around bigger personalities. Like I never will compete with, you know, for attention or anything. So I think I'm still just trying to figure out what, who really I am, honestly, and what are my strengths and being okay with the weaknesses. Like maybe I'm not super loud. Maybe I won't speak up in a discussion, but that's okay. So I think just learning more about myself has helped. Well, I think it's really cool too how the process of writing music can kind of help you sift through those yeah. feelings and kind of discover who you are. It's it's not an easy thing for sure yeah. to try and figure out who you are are and also who you want to be, you know, Mm -hmm. challenging yourself to grow into ways that you can. But I think it's really cool to be true to yourself. You know, you're an introvert. Yeah. And so you don't have to be the loudest person in the room. Uh, I think that's really cool. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so glad that you have found that. And I think (laughs) that your writing about different, like things like that will help enable other young Mm -hmm. girls to do the same. Yeah, I hope so. So tell me this, what's been one of the coolest and most impactful ways you've been able to use your music to serve? To serve, I mean, Noteworthy was definitely that way because we got to visit um, people, you know, in the hospital or like, I still remember one woman, she was really sick, you know, and bedridden and we got to sing Amazing Grace to her. And it was just the most amazing experience because music just touches people. And so singing songs like that, that really means something like Amazing Grace, you know, or even pain helps people feel lifted. Um, I also released, my first song that I ever released is called Fighter. And it's just about getting yourself back up once you've been knocked down. And You know, I've had people reach out with family members who have cancer that that has meant a lot to them. And so just putting out songs like that, you know, inspirational, that can really lift people. I mean, music has that ability to bring hope. Yeah. And those little moments of hope and bringing people hope through music, I think that makes it all worth it. I wanted to ask you this. This is my favorite question to ask people. It's so interesting. How much of your talent do you, would you mm-hmm. say is just natural, God-given talent? And how much would you say it's been just hard work? I think I I am really lucky with just my voice, you know. I think I was definitely born with vocal ability that has just been very natural. Like, it just feels so good to sing. Yeah. You know, it's not hard. And... So that I've been just, I feel so, so blessed, you know, to even have a singing voice at all. Um, And I think I do have natural writing ability, but not enough, you know. 
just have like the top notch sing- or writing quality. Yeah. And so I have done, you know, hard work. I've started co-writing with people so they can teach yeah. me. Collaborating. Yeah. Um, and then instrumental talent has definitely been more to hard work. Um, I think I have a natural music talent, but like if I don't practice, I am not good at yeah. piano or guitar. You know, I mess up all the time. That I need to do even more hard work, you know, yeah. and just like – like, I've been practicing for a gig this weekend. My fingers are just sore, you are know? They? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm just trying and trying to get better. So I think, you know, you can be naturally amazing, but if you want to be, like, really professional, yeah. you do have to put in that hard work, which is really hard. Yeah. Especially if you have natural talent, it's harder to push yourself, I think. It, you can kind of get complacent. Yes. Have you ever in your music career felt humiliation? Yeah. <laughs> tell me about tell me about that. So, I have done, you know, a few singing competitions and you know, that I haven't won, of course. So, I there was one that I did. It was when I was like 19 and it was the Utah top singing competition or something. I don't even know if they do it anymore. But I made it to the top 3. I was convinced I won. You know, I was like, oh, I was definitely the best one. There's no question at all that I won. And then they announced my name as the third place. So the last of the the three. And I was just shocked. I thought like, oh, that's so awkward. They just announced it wrong. Like I definitely <laughs> You were won. like in denial. You <laughs> yeah. knew it. And We've so, all been there. Yeah. So I was just shocked. And then I went up there, like got the third place award, you know. And then afterwards, I just like was sobbing. Like it was so dramatic, but I was just humiliated. I think just with myself, you know, like, okay, I thought I had won that and I failed. And then just like auditioning for other things where, you know, I don't even get to the second round. That is just humiliating. Yeah, that happens. But luckily I keep trying, but it's definitely humiliating in the moment that is very easy to relate with I think in across all topics like I think there's a lot of rejection that everyone feels Mm -hmm. but when you're sitting in that moment having been rejected and that embarrassment Mm -hmm. where you're just like (laughs) oh like feeling so cringy about it like yeah how do you keep going like you say I just keep going but like how how do you keep going yeah that is a good question I think it's kind of it's almost like a unspoken promise I made to myself if I consider doing something like even for a second or I think maybe I should do that like I just do it so I don't know if it's just discipline or just wanting to do hard things I think a big thing for me has been to do hard things and I don't know why necessarily but that's just always something I want to keep proving to myself, you know, I'm just going to do it. We've worked together before Mm -hmm. um, at the piano place. We taught together for a long time. And that's one thing that I always saw with you (laughs) is your students knew that their teacher wasn't just talking the talk, but she was walking the walk. Like you truly were doing the things that you were encouraging your students to do, which is to get up and to do hard things. And so what would you say to an aspiring music student that's struggling to stick with it and push through those low points? Yeah. And the more that you push yourself, you know, the, the better you'll become. You know that cliche thing, like you shoot for the moon. I don't even know it. Like you go far and if you don't get all the way, 
at least you're a little bit farther. That's kind of what I'm thinking, you know? Like if you do this big competition and you fail, you just did a really big competition. You were just on stage in front of so many people. So just thinking about what can you get out of each failure or each hard thing. So like, you know, having my students pick really hard songs was awesome. And I absolutely love doing that because let's say they couldn't hit the highest note. They got really close and they, you know, went a lot higher than they ever went. Just kind of, yeah, just having yourself do hard things so that you can just keep getting better. And yeah, you'll fail, but you're gonna keep getting better. And I think that that's so true. And if you could go back to your teenage self, mm -hmm. your young 13 year old, barely, you know, starting yeah. to write self, what would you tell that girl in regards to her ability, her confidence? What would you tell her? Yeah, I would probably tell her that, you know, she does have the talent and to not be afraid to show it. Because um, like I said, I did like one talent show like two years after I moved there. And so I even thought then like I really should have done this sooner. Yeah, just to be more confident, you know, as e much easier to say than do, but to just practice and you know, perform. I think, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> we always, we, you know, whether that be with our body image and our mm -hmm. confidence or our music and our, you know, just going for it. I think we all end up living with so much regret because mm -hmm. we don't just go for it. Yeah. And I think that's a great message that people will pull, you know, especially from your songs and your stories that yeah. just go for it and failure is okay. Definitely. So what is one goal that you have with your music that you haven't yet accomplished? So one goal that I have is to get a million streams on Spotify. Awesome. Um, and I even have it, I have the, the number one million written on my bathroom mirror um, just to remind me that. And you know that it seems very out of reach right now, but what's really cool about music nowadays is that so many people do it and there I learned yesterday 40,000 songs are released on Spotify every day oh my gosh that's yeah a lot I know and there are a lot of musicians you've never even heard of that have millions of streams and so one thing I've learned is that you don't need to be on the top 40 to be successful obviously only a very few amount of people get there and that's fine and you can have millions of streams and thousands of fans without being quote famous. That is my goal just to have, you know, my own fan base and to have just millions of people or, you know, however many people listen to my music. Yeah, that's my goal. So what are some, like, what are the milestones to get mm. you there? Like, what are the goals, the tangibles that you're working on now to, to work towards that goal? Yeah, so I recently did a course on like how to reach more people through social media, you know, just trying everything, different things, um, just writing more, releasing consistently, um, and just trying to engage and keep the fans that I already have. Honestly, the milestone question is hard because it's really hard to know, okay, what can I do to get a million streams? But I'm just trying to put more content out there and learning from other musician podcasts that yeah. tell you, you know, how to do these things, performing at different venues, and just slowly growing it. You're so good at just like taking advantage of any opportunities. Yeah. I, I feel like you are, that. you're so good at, and you're versatile. Like you play, you do weddings, yeah. you do expo, like you do all these different <laughs> types of things. And I think that that's, 
I mean, that for sure will help Mm -hmm. get your name out there and different things like that. But where can we find you? Anywhere, first of all, that you listen to music. So Google, Amazon, YouTube, um, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, everything's there just under my name, Amy Geis. And then I also have this new sort of like little community that I'm growing where um, it's a private group that you can sign up for. Obviously, it's free and you get like special live streams and sneak peeks and... Um, you know, we just try to become like this tight knit group. So yeah. it's just called like my street team. You can sign up for that. And, you know, I've done special live streams and concerts for that group. Um, and you just sign up by going to go.amygeist.com. Cool. Yeah. And yeah, you can sign up there and then you can personally connect and, you know, see some sneak peeks. Awesome. Okay. Well, we're going to have to check that out. And do we have more singles on the horizon? Yes. I actually just got the final master of my next single today. It is so much fun. It's called First Time, just about um, wanting a relationship to be as it was at the beginning with all the butterflies. And and it's with a producer named Adam Turley. He is a musician from Utah as well. And he has millions of streams on his own songs. So I was so lucky to work with him. He's incredible. Um, And it will be released six weeks from tomorrow. Okay, well, we're going to have to come follow you because I already want to hear that. Um, That is so cool. Amy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your messages of inspiration and body positivity. Thank you so much. Loved having you here today. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to More Than Musicians. Thanks for being here. This show was written and directed by me, Sarah Davies. Executive produced by Alex Jenkins. Theme song by Tanner Townsend. Leave us a review and tell us what you think. We're on Instagram at More Than Musicians Podcast, or you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. We'll see you back here next week with another episode.